With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Stephen Means, Nathan Baird, Andrew Gillis, and we're coming to you inside Memorial Stadium after Ohio State's season opening road went over Indiana 23-3. And what was Kyle McCord's second official start, but first start against a Big Ten opponent, or even a Power 5 opponent, 20 of 33, 239 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Nathan, we do a video where we grade the starting quarterback after every game, and I'm not going to ask you to just grade him here, but just initial thoughts on the second time around seeing Kyle McCord starting a game for Ohio State. What do you think of what he got to do today? Well, as we've sort of framed this from the beginning, this is guys who are not just trying to beat each other out with Comacord and Devin Brown. It was guys who were chasing a standard, and it's it's the standard of quarterback excellence that has been put here at Ohio State in the last couple of years. By that standard, uh, today wasn't good enough, but it was good enough to win this game, and it was something for them to build on. I think that's what you have to come out of this game uh, approaching this as. And I, I want to take people back to the C.J. Stroud debut against Minnesota. So tonight, uh, today... Common Court was 20 of 33 for 239 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. He did have a touchdown that was called back because they said Marvin Harrison Jr. stepped out, whether he stepped out, whether he was bumped out, who knows. C.J. Stroud, if you take away the 70-yard screen pass touchdown that Trayvon Henderson had, 12 of 21 for 224 yards, did throw three touchdowns, also had an interception. My point being, not necessarily that Common Court was just as good as C.J. Stroud was on that night, it's that C.J. Stroud also had an uneven performance at times that first night on the road in the Big Ten and had to build off of that. So uh, I, I think I was surprised that we didn't see more Devin Brown. I thought they would maybe give him more of an opportunity. We can talk about why we think that did or didn't happen. But uh, I didn't think that Kyle McCord was the biggest problem with this offense today is probably the best way to say that. I thought that Kyle McCord needed some more help from his offensive line. I thought that uh, if he doesn't get that, uh, it, or even if he does, he's got to get better. But especially if he doesn't get that. If that's if, if if this offensive line play is something that is an issue all season long, then Ohio State's quarterbacks uh, may not be good enough to overcome that in the biggest games of the year. 
they said the goal was to get Devin Brown in on the third series, but then the way the game kind of went, he didn't want to disrupt the rhythm there. Andrew, your initial thoughts on what we saw from Kyle McCord, and should we maybe have seen more of Devin Brown in week one, like maybe we were anticipating seeing him? Or did Ryan Day make the right decision by just sticking with the guy who had rhythm out there? Uh, I think to answer the Devin Brown question, I think that that, is probably the way that I would have done it. I, you know, frankly, I, I look at this quarterback situation and you don't want to get into a yo-yo thing where you're just, all right, well, this series is Devin's and the next series is Kyle's and this series is Devin's and the next, you don't want to do that, you know? And, and I understand, you know, you know, I, we had a couple of our tech subscribers, you know, respond uh, to what Ryan was saying about the rhythm. Like, what are you talking about? The offense was absolutely not in a rhythm. What rhythm are you disrupting? And I think that that's a fair point. Um, but you do want to kind of let them build a little bit. You do want to let Kyle build a little bit. So I think, you know, the not playing Devin Brown, if you've kind of decided that Kyle McCord is the guy, um, I, I think that that's fine. And I think it's maybe more decided than I thought, you know, and I think that everybody thought too, you know, you look at just some of the situations, Ohio state's up 20 to three and they send Kyle McCord back out there when the game was essentially over. I mean, Indiana was not going to score. This, that game was over, and they sent Kyle McCord back out there. They had Devin Brown come out for a series. He did not throw a pass. High State gets the ball back with, you know, under – was it under two minutes, under two minutes? And immediately Kyle McCord comes back out onto the field. So for me here, I look at this battle as Kyle McCord is probably – the full-time starter now and they just kind of want to work in Devin and get him some reps I, I think Kyle played fine today I think you can kind of talk yourself into it needs to be better or it was better than I thought just kind of depending on your point of view I think your priors are kind of going to be confirmed about this you know you look at the situation with playing on the rain playing a Big Ten team you know it's the first game of the year you got some kinks to work out offensively I think that there are things that you can look at and say, okay, well, you know, this was really going against him. You could point to the offensive line not being great. Then you could just point to the fact that, hey, this is an Ohio State quarterback. This is an Ohio State offense with all kinds of weapons. He absolutely needs to be better. So I, I think it was Ryan had it right in the postgame interview, Ryan Day. It, Ryan had it right. It was a mixed bag. Um, it was good. There was bad. But I think now if I were them, if I were, them, if I were Ryan Day and staff, I'm rolling with Kyle McCord pretty much exclusively from here on out. Nathan, do you agree with that? Because I, I don't want to – this played out like it was just Kyle McCord's job, and he just wanted to get a chance to see Devin Brown, but this is Kyle McCord's job. Do you agree with that? Is Or is this – or is it still kind of ongoing where we get them next week and maybe he does get the, the planned third series, Devin Brown comes into the game, fifth series, Devin Brown comes into the game? So I think what you saw today was a reflection of not which of these quarterbacks – has the higher ceiling. It, it, that's not really a factor here. It was more about that floor that we've talked about. Which quarterback in the scrimmages, in what we saw with our eyes, other situations, was a little bit more prone to maybe mistakes, maybe turnovers, that sort of thing. Because I think they still like maybe equally what Kyle McCord and Devin Brown do at their best. But I think Devin Brown at his worst is still a little bit looser just from what we've seen, what we've heard. So in a game that's tight, I think you're just going to roll with the quarterback that you think is the one that is the more consistent and the one that's more reliable at this stage. And this game dictated that you, 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 as much as Ohio state's or I'm sorry, much as Indiana's offense was so inept, 
that it wasn't going to threaten even a, a 17 point lead there in the second half. I think just if from a, if you're looking at it from a head coach's perspective, the only thing that matters really is, or the thing that matters the most is just being one and oh, at the end of the day, you can't find a way to somehow screw up and lose to Indiana. You've got to just finish off this game. And I think that that was what dictated how this game was handled from a quarterback perspective. So I'm maybe not ready to go as far as Andrew is because I think this coming week against Youngstown State, the game is going to play out in a fashion that gives you much more of an opportunity to let McCord and Brown play equally against a first-string defense. Now, it's the Youngstown State defense, so that matters less. But it does it is going to open things up a little bit. I think they can more easily, they're just going to score much easier against Youngtown state. They're not going to have this problem getting to the end zone against Youngstown state. If they do, then things are a true catastrophe. So I think it's going to just open things up to get, you know, Devin Brown, Indiana was also doing an effective job of using these new clock rules. Um, Indiana only ran like 54 plays today and they were just really stretching it out, trying to keep Ohio state off the field. So, I mean, Youngstown State, I assume, will maybe try to do something similar. I just think that you're going to have a chance to get Devin Brown into the game earlier. I think you're going to have a chance to have a more equalized look at what both of them are doing at that point. But I think you also saw that there is a reason why Ryan Day picked Comacord over Devin Brown. And the reason that he was keeping him in in a game like this is because that's who he has more confidence in right now, not to let that game get away from him. So if I could jump in real quick, the thing, the thing about this though, is at some point, this is kind of like when you're driving down the highway and you know, it's a two or three lane road and there's somebody kind of hugging the, hugging the, the, the uh, white dotted lines. At some point you got to pick a lane. Like at some point you, you got to pick a guy, like at some point you got to do this. And I understand what you're saying. It sounds staking, you know, Hey, this, this should be an opportunity to kind of, I mean, I mean, this is a, I mean, this is going to be a really total team effort where you can really get a lot of different guys in the game. And I understand that that goes for quarterback too, but at some point, don't you have to pick a guy and stick with it? Like you can't be doing this in October. You can't be doing this kind of down the line. And like, I understand that, you know, there are, you know, things that you need to work through offensively, but you are like, you have two games left. The way that I'm looking at this, and I don't know if you guys feel the same, the way that I'm looking at this is, you have now a two. You had a three game. Now you have a two game ramp up period to Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a is a is a team that you very well could lose to. They, they were Ohio State was never going to lose to Indiana. They're not going to lose to Youngstown State. They're not going to lose to Western Kentucky. Notre Dame is the first team on this schedule that you could genuinely lose to. And I if it, I just look at this whole situation and I'm like, at some point you have to pick a guy because. Next week, you would assume. Now, obviously, if they do this and neither and one of the guys doesn't play well, then you might have an answer. But are you going to play both guys and be like, oh, well, both guys played really well. We're going to do the same thing against Western Kentucky. And then both guys play really well against Western Kentucky. And then you go into the Notre Dame game and you don't have a firm answer. Like, I don't think you want that. Like, I, I, I think at some point, and frankly, I would make this point now. I would make I would play Kyle a lot early against Youngstown State, and I would give Devin the mop up duty and what you would hope would be from the end of the second, I guess probably early third quarter onward, almost the second half. Like at some point, I think you've got to pick a guy, and for me, that would be right now. I would I would say Kyle, you know what? We relied on you the most today. We're going to roll with this because you still have the bye week after Notre Dame. You kind of have an exit ramp if you need to make a change. But at some, you can't just keep doing this flip flop thing for forever. I, I see. It. That's where I, I don't think they're gonna. I 
don't think they're off that schedule just because if they go one more week, just so they can get a true evaluation of Devin Brown with this process. I think they're very much still on the schedule to have one guy heading into the Notre yeah. Dame game. I just think that right. this Indiana game, because of how it played out, because of some offensive line issues, because of just, you know, just a lot of new, it didn't play out the way where you got a true look at Devin Brown. He, he didn't throw any meaningful passes tonight. They didn't in meaningful snaps. They tried to run him a little bit. They didn't work. So if you spend one more week giving Devin Brown a legitimate look at this meaningful snaps, if they if it's the exact same plan where it's that third series, which is probably going to be the second first series of the second quarter with the way this clock situation is set up here now, I think you're still on schedule to come out of that game next week and think, okay, we're going to use the Western Kentucky game the week after that to, to prepare for the Notre Dame game where the one guy gets all the fair share of the meaningful snaps. I just don't know what you're going to learn from Youngstown State and Western Kentucky. That's kind of my point. Live football. It, that's it. It's well, listen, just, you want to see live. But here's the other thing. Like, if if I know they're not going to lose to Indiana in theory, and they're not going to lose to the Indiana roster that you have in front of you, but if Indiana had been quarterbacked by Tristan Jebbia, was Ohio State in trouble today? Like, if Indiana had been game. able to do anything with the the many opportunities it had offensively instead of – now, the other the other flip side of it is they were intentionally doing some things offensively, dragging those possessions out. If they had tried to push the envelope more, maybe they just turn the ball over more. Maybe they just have shorter possessions, and, it, and Ohio State gets more shots at it. They score more points. I'm, I, you can take it a couple different ways. What I'm saying is that – Western Kentucky is going to move the ball better than Indiana did. Western Kentucky can is was a better team than Indiana was last year. We'll see if that proves to be true this year. And in, Ohio State's got to find a better rhythm on offense. I'm not saying that I don't think Kyle McCord can get that. I am saying that it, it, when they look at the film this week, they're probably going to see some things that he I mean, they already know, some things that he's going to have to improve on the second time around. So he has that advantage too, by the way, he already has a lot of game experience now under his belt. I think it's going to be a much different feel for him when he goes out there next week and is, I I think is going to be the starter again, but I just think you want to get Devin Brown into that game earlier and you want to get a longer look at him against whatever counts as Youngstown state's first string defense, because unless they were completely lying to us, you saw enough from Devin Brown to push this competition all the way to the to the to the very end. So there's something there. And as you said, today showed you really nothing about Devin Brown, but the, the, the times he got to throw the ball in this game. So I just want to see what it really looks like when he has to play against a first string defense and has to complete passes. Why would you not? Like what what I don't see the drawback to that. I don't think that doing that for one week, and then if you decide that it clearly is Kyle McCord. Comcord's clearly the guy, and he might be. He might be. I'm not. I'm not even arguing that he might that he isn't. But if you make that decision, he can click that in against Western Kentucky, and that still gives you the momentum you want. I think going into Notre Dame. I don't think you learned anything about Devin Brown, but you might have learned some things about Kyle McCord today. Just seeing where his development has gone from the last time we saw him play football to now. I, I gave my I gave the texture some questions. I asked 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 him to grade Kyle McCord. We were in the B C range for the most part. So were our textures. Fifty percent said C, thirty eight percent said B, nine percent said D, two percent said F. Only one A. Only one person gave him an A. Which listen, you give a guy what you want. But the here's the actual not, question. Not one percent. One person. 
one person came from okay. that. I want to so have that. I want to talk to that person. I want. I, I want to see like what their viewing, what their viewing arrangement was for this. Game. I mean, listen, you great. You, hey man, you win. You, you, you grade are you grade? The, here is the actual question that I was intrigued about with our textures because, like I said, I thought we learned some things about Kyle McCord where his development is. I thought there were some moments where he flashed things. I can't wait to go back and watch. I thought he missed some guys by taking checkdowns at times, but that comes with this being your first start against a power five opponent. Guys, I gave them five answers to this question. What's your level of confidence in Kyle McCord? It was fine. Nothing great. Eh, at best. I want to see more of Devin Brown. Very high. And McCord's not our guy. So of those five answers, Andrew, we'll start with you. Which one do you think won from our Texers? I'm going to need you to repeat those one more time. It was fine. Yeah, they were. Okay. The highest one was very high. Okay. The worst possible answer was McCord is not our guy. Okay. And then a little bit more intermediate. It was nothing. It was fine. Nothing great. That one. And and then it was one. it was fine nothing great i think that that was going to be the uh that's going to be the, the number one answer okay and then i want to see more of devin brown was the was the fifth uh, answer nathan what do you think one i think yeah probably as much as i think the true answer is because i think two of these things are can be true at the same time yeah it, it was fine nothing great slash eh, at best yeah both can be I want to see more of Devin Brown because he just didn't really get the chance to do anything today. So I think if I were answering it, I think I might answer I want to see more Devin Brown. Yeah. But it's <laughs> it's not because but but I think what you're saying there is more you're and saying then, it is a version you know, of, of of what is also McCourt's not our guy. So I guess yeah yes. I mean it was fine nothing great. Usually the middle answers win. I'm curious to see how many people said I want to see more Devin Brown. Yeah, I was too. It was fine. Nothing great. Got 52% of the vote. So overwhelming. But after that, eh, at best, 26%, 11%, I want to see more of Devin Brown, which kind of shocked me. I thought that would be high. I I knew it was fine at best would be number one, because you're right. It's always the middle vote that wins these situations. But I thought I want to see that more Devin Brown would win. Because unlike with the C.J. Stroud situation, when he was going through his stuff and there was the questions of, hmm, do we need to see Kyle McCord? That was never a variable in the equation of us seeing Kyle McCord. We asked that question of Ryan Day, would you ever think about putting out another quarterback? And it was just, it was a no, emphatic no, that they were sticking with C.J. Stroud through that, those issues. With Kyle McCord, it was never emphatically his job. It was Kyle McCord deserves a start, but Devin Brown deserves to play. So if you came into this game thinking, okay, Kyle McCord is going to start, but it's going to be maybe not 50-50 with meaningful snaps, but like 55 or 60 to 40 or 55-45, and instead we got 97% to 3% basically, I, I thought that would be the higher score there. So, I mean, kudos to our Texas for maybe being a little bit more calm than the rest of society but that's typically the case we're going to take a quick break here and when we come back here we're going to discuss what i think right now is probably the potential achilles heel for this ohio state football team and i'll reveal what that is when we come back here on buckeye talk 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sign up for the text, 614-350-3315. We were texting a lot during the game. We were texting before the game. We were texting after the game. A lot of text messages. This is a great time to sign up. Two-week free trial. You missed missed the Indiana game, but this two weeks will get you to the Western Kentucky game and the the Youngstown State game. Listen, sign up for the text, free trial. And it's so easy to stop, but you're not going to want to stop, just like we didn't want to stop texting today. Nathan, I asked our Texas what was the most concerning non-QB thing, and I'm not even going to list off the stuff. It came down to two answers, but really it was about one, and it was 78% offensive line, 18% play calling, which I think we can get into on a later pod later this week. But, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious where the struggles were today, especially on offense. What did Brian Day have to say about the offensive line, and what were your thoughts on Something that we actually have been talking about for two and a half years now when it comes to this 2023 roster. Well, I mean, he's dissatisfied. And and like you said, it's something that we saw coming two years ago. It's something that it, it, even as we were doing our semi-facetious, hey, is 2023 going to be the best team of all time? You know, it, we came out of that podcast, as people might remember, with like this big just smear on that idea. And that mm-hmm. was, well, what are they going to do with tackle? Like, what do they have any tackles? Who's going to play tackle? And that was even when we thought Dewan Jones might still be around. That was kind of before the Dewan Jones assance had happened, and mm-hmm. he grew into a uh, an NFL player by the end of last year. Listen, we don't get to see a lot of preseason camp. We saw in the spring and told you what we saw with our eyes, which was the offensive line was getting its ass kicked a lot. And mm-hmm. you could chalk some of that up to being that this is a good defensive line, but it was happening to such an extent that it was a concern. We didn't get to really assess that in the preseason. What we were told was by both, you know, coaches and players was people saying very positive things publicly about Josh Simmons, saying publicly nice, good things about, you know, the way the offensive line was coming together. And Indiana's defensive line was better than Ohio State's offensive line today, like pretty consistently. Give some credit for that to some good ball players for Indiana. You know, Andre Carter is the real deal. Like the guy had was was a really wasn't just a guy from the Mac. He was like one of the best defensive players in the Mac. And then he transferred, he leveled up the way that Josh Simmons was trying to do. And I think today what you saw was the difference between a guy who was one of the best players in this conference leveling up and a guy who wasn't. <laughs> like and Josh Simmons mm-hmm. didn't have that same reputation. And Josh Simmons is moving from right tackle to left tackle, and that's an adjustment. And it, this was a tough guy to try to make that adjustment against. And he didn't have a spring, you know, he, and by the way, he should have, like he went in the portal 
at a, in like before the spring or announced he was going in the portal before spring practice and like didn't have a spring at San Diego State. And I think that might have be affecting him a little bit here. You imagine what happens if he goes in the portal and gets to Ohio State in the spring and is here all spring. Like how much farther along would he be right now? So that's a concern right now. It, it was it looked bad enough today that I think you'd call it a concern. Now, the good news for Ohio State is they have other guys that they think could hold that position down, whether that's Josh Fryer, whether that's, I mean, do, do you start talking about, about playing a, a, a true freshman over there? Like as, as we've talked so many times about whether that was really far-fetched and the idea that you might actually look at Luke Montgomery there uh, this early in the year, I, I don't know. They, they're very high on him. Um, I'm willing to give Josh Simmons some benefit of the doubt that the switch from right to left, the fact that you're probably nervous about moving up a level, the fact that you're playing a really good player heads up, the fact that they might have schemed to come after you, like all those things, I'll, I'll give you some benefit of the doubt there. But as we've been talking, like the, the big games approach fast. And this, I think this was the much bigger concern coming out of today than quarterback play. I don't think it's even close to me. Like if you had had better quarter if you'd had better running back play or better I'm sorry offensive line play then the fourth and two interception never happens because you find out a way to make that play you know the 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 play where Devin Brown comes in and he's supposed to, he's going to run for a first down on third and one and he never gets a chance to even move on the backfield because Carter's just in his jock immediately like those plays like there were so many of those plays today in, in short yarded situations where Indiana was the better team than Ohio State up front in the trenches. And that can't be a thing that carries through. If you're still doing that against Notre Dame, you're going to lose to Notre Dame. And once you lose to Notre Dame, then the snowball can really start rolling because I don't think that Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame's like the fourth best team on the schedule, maybe, that Ohio State's going to play, maybe third. But I don't think they're as good as Penn State. I don't think they're as good as Michigan. They might not be as good as Wisconsin. There's, And you've got to figure this out because the teams you're going to make you pay for it are coming fast. What I saw today from Ohio State's offense was a team who threw a lot out there, whether it was formations, you know, play calls, what they wanted to do out there. And there were a lot of times I was thinking, this is great. It's creative. It's intriguing. It's going to make me want to watch this game over again and go, ooh, I wonder what that's setting up later down the line. I wonder what that's setting up later down the line. But none of it is going to matter if they can't protect. And none of it is going to matter if they can't get a push. Because I, I said it on a video, and I want to say it here two times. In this game, they were in a third and two situation where they just gave the ball to the running back and were looking for a push to get a first down to keep a drive alive. And both times they missed it, and so they had to go forward on fourth down because in both situations they were in plus territory. One time I believe they did not get it, and then the other time is when Kyle McCord threw the pick because no, that first, may first, or may not. No, the first fourth and two is when they, got, they – they, yeah, they motioned G. Scott from left to right and just hit him out in the flats. Just yeah, a little yeah, yeah. Thing, you're right. An easy pickup, which was, which was, yeah, I right. thought, an example of, of uh, you know, Ryan Day saying earlier this week, oh, they don't need to be extraordinary. They just need to manage the plays that we call. I thought that was a perfect yeah. example of that. Yeah, you're correct. I, I like that. And then the second one is the fourth and two where they, they try to get it to, to chip train him, but he gets flipped over. So that read's gone. And so now Kyle McCord is trying to throw it back across his body to another read and ends up getting intercepted, which – May or may not have been his fault, according to Ryan Day. I guess we'll have to go back and look at that. Andrew, what did you think? I mean, is this a problem 
or is it a let's see where we're at in two weeks after they've gotten a little bit more continuity with this offensive line? That's a trick question uh, because, yes, it's a problem, but also let's see where, where we're at in two weeks because if you wait and see where you're at in two weeks, then you could get bit in the ass by this thing, you know, because if Ohio State played the same level as they did today across the board and if they didn't play Indiana, like if they had opened the season again with Notre Dame, uh-oh, like that's that's a game that they are in danger of losing. And I know, I guess technically last year they were in danger of losing that game, but they were still the better team. But like I look at this and I'm like, all right, there's two schools of thought. The optimistic point of view, which – and again, so before I say this, I want to go back and watch because this was week one. I want to see what the – I want to see what the, um, you know, what the film says. I know I sound like a coach right now, but I want to see like how much of this was, because it didn't appear to be a lot of physical errors. Like you didn't see Josh Simmons get just lifted up off the ground and thrown into common accord where you looked at it and went, Oh God, that guy can't play left tackle in the big 10. You know, you didn't look at Carson Hinsman getting tossed aside, like nobody's business saying, all right, well, that's a work in progress at center. Like, to me, this appeared to be a lot more mental mistakes, which I guess is the optimistic point of view that, okay, this is, this is fixable, like, the- theoretically. It's not a physical issue right now. It's a mental issue. And, you know, there was one play I remember, you know, they were going from left to right, and, you know, it was like a toss or a pitch or a sweep outside, and Josh Simmons was kind of going to reach outside, and he went for the linebacker who was on the outside. And right when he did that, an inside linebacker cut right inside of him on his right shoulder made the tackle in the backfield. And like that should have been Josh Simmons' guy because you got to take the most dangerous man. And I look at this and I'm like, okay, that is fixable. Like that's coachable. That's something that you can figure out after week one. And you should be able to say in week two, three, four and beyond, okay, they fixed that. Okay. That looks better. Okay. This is different than it was. The problem for me is that is twofold. One, we knew this was a problem coming in. Like this isn't like you looked at the offensive line that was going to be a major strength of this team. And now you're like, oh no, we're in trouble. Like you knew that this was going to be a problem, right? Like if you're listening to this and we've talked about this, if if, if you are at all related to Ohio State football, you knew that you were, you were probably a little nervous about this going in and that didn't do anything to, to assuage your concerns. And there's the number one thing. And the second point, I guess, to finish up the negative point of view would be this did not hurt you against Indiana. And we will get into something that Stephen and I were – I I made a mistake in the press box. I thought Stephen and I were arguing against each other. We were arguing the same point. Um, But this – like I said, we'll get into this in a little bit. But this was not a game that you were going to get burned by Indiana's offense, like you were not going to make a mistake and Indiana was going to drive down the field and score a touchdown on you. And then all of a sudden, you know, a missed block or a missed pass pro or missed whatever turns into seven the other way. This was not that game. That could be that game against Notre Dame. That could be that game against Penn State and Wisconsin and Michigan. Like that is the worry that you've got to get this cleaned up. And and one of these games is coming pretty soon, like, like Nathan was saying. So there's optimistic points of view. You know, it's week one. They, I, I, you can, you can kind of chalk it up to look. They had some new guys working in. You mentioned that they were, 
you know, debuting a bunch of new formations. They'll try and figure this out. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll understand what they did wrong. They know what they did wrong. It's mental errors. They'll get it right. The other part of this is, okay, well, this was against Indiana. Yeah, Indiana's defensive line, like Nathan was saying earlier, is probably the best part of Indiana's football team. But you look at this team and it's like, okay, well, this was against Indiana. What's going to happen when you have to play Penn State, when you have to play Michigan? Are these same errors going to come up? Because if they do, those are not odd, you know, that killed the drive errors. Those are that lost you the game errors. First impressions aren't everything, but they do matter. And this was not the first impression Ohio State wanted to make offensively. Quarterback, probably the best. Yeah, probably. I mean, he. I mean, sure, Kyle McCord could have came out here and throw five touchdown passes and 400-plus yards, but it looked like there was room to grow. I'm not saying the offensive line doesn't have room to grow because they have 11 more games left to play this year, but it was not a good first impression that you would want to make when you have a lot of elite weapons, but you've got to be able to protect for them so these weapons can be able to be what they want to be. And that was not put on display against Indiana. And well, Go ahead. Yeah, and I think that if I were, you know, I understand fans who watched this and would say, yes, there were times where the running game was a little bit bottled up, but we also saw the running game be able to go out there and, like, make some gashes and chunk out some plays. Yeah. And, you know, I thought Chip Trainum had some really nice runs around the outside. Trevin Henderson is a little bit, you know, maybe a smaller percentage of his runs that did that, but it showed it a couple times. Um, I, I would definitely understand the fans were sitting at home and they look at between Emeka Buka and Marvin Harrison Jr. A combined like five catches on, you know, whatever it was target wise, a bunch, 12 targets. I mean, two of eight targets to Marvin Harrison Jr. And, and you know, Comicore talked about after the game and said a couple of those are definitely on him. Like he could have put a better ball out there. Some of it though was extra attention that Ohio, that Indiana was paying to Ohio state or to, to Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, dropping the other safety over the top. And, um, a, a couple of those where I think the ball was there, uh, they, they might do. They might get that catch the next time. I don't know. Some of the times the ball definitely wasn't there. So I think if I'm a fan watching that, I would say that there was an explosive element that was missing from this offense today, and the offensive line definitely denied you the chance to keep some drives going. The offensive line wasn't why the explosiveness wasn't there though, and if the explosiveness Ooh, was might- there. I, I, I might because if explosiveness that. gets there, I mean, McCord was sacked zero times, and there wasn't a lot of times where he was like running for his life. So no, no, I, yeah, but I think that mm, I don't know if I agree with that. I think the explosiveness was taken away from the fact that Indiana decided we are going to do everything we can to not let you be explosive, and when that's happening, Ohio State has to prove again that it can run the ball. It doesn't need to force feed it like they tried to do it last, but it has to be a part of the. It has to be a part of a defense's a defense's psyche that Ohio State can gas you in the run game, and when it's first and ten, and you run an inside zone and it gets stuffed at the line of scrimmage because somebody missed an assignment in the blocking game, it's all the more reason for a team to stick. To stay in that too high safety look, keep somebody over top of Marvin Harrison and make sure he gets doubled, and then just contain a Mecca Buka and make sure he doesn't get loose for yards after a catch. I agree with you. Kyle McCord probably did miss some throws. There were some times where Marvin Harrison Jr. got free anyway. He probably should have gotten the ball. But also, first game as a start as a starter in a 
power five up against a power five school. So I'll let that fly. That's something that I think will progress throughout the season. But how often those are available, I think that might depend on what type of push this offensive line can get that makes a team have to put another safety in that box and not just stay back and be so scared of the explosives. We'll see. It's definitely an adjustment that has to be made because you've got to find a way to keep those guys involved. You've got to find a a way. And it wasn't like, you know, Ohio State was moving those guys around. I know we're straying a little bit from the offensive line topic, but Ohio State was – was was rotating those guys, moving those guys around. Ohio State did play a lot of twelve personnel, especially early in this game, that mm-hmm. um, was effective at times. Um, and and you know he had a nice connection with Kate Stover, but they you can't you know Ryan Day had specifically said this. You go back to Big Ten Media Day, and people were asking this kind of this very question about you know knowing that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to get this attention. And he basically said, like, you can't get to the end of a game and look at the stat sheet and see that Marvin had. I don't know that he was actually talking about touches. He may have actually been talking about targets. But I'd have to go back and look at that because I think that's an important distinction because the targets were there Mm -hmm. today. He only had two receptions. No, that's fair. And it, 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 I mean, Marvin's still got to go catch the ball and they've got to execute for it to be a touch. But I do think he probably was alluding to the targets there. We're going to take one more break. And. Then we're going to talk about the side of the ball that Ryan Day also said that he's allowed to talk about, which <laughs> which I love the way he said it, too. It was almost as if he had been telling himself for years that he's not allowed to talk about it. But he talked about it today, and we're going to talk about it after this break here on Buckeye Talk. We're back on Buckeye Talk. Nathan, the defense gave up three points, and the reason they only gave up three points is because a ball hit the upright and then snuck its way in to be a good field goal. Early thoughts. Now, it's it's Indiana. They don't have a lot of weapons. So, of course, we can't go full throttle and, oh, the defense is back. They're going to be elite. We got to wait till they play somebody good. But were you – I don't know if the word is satisfied or just put on notice by what you saw from the defense today. But Ryan Day didn't say uh, he's allowed to talk about the defense. He said he's allowed to be happy about the defense. Or, That's true. Or something more yeah. along those lines. It was like it's not just, and I, that was almost to me an allusion to you know complaining about the you know explosive plays out of the Michigan game when you only scored two yeah. points in the second half. Like something like the defense can't be your punching bag. Like you've got to go out and do your part too. And today the the offense certainly didn't have the defense as an excuse. In fact, the defense kept you know as much as Indiana was again slowing things, drawing things out, reducing plays. That the defense kept giving Ohio State the ball. And too often Ohio State couldn't then capitalize fully the way it usually does. But I thought today's defensive performance was what you want it to be against an offense this bad for the most part. But this is a bad offense. Let nobody forget that. You know, 153 total yards for Indiana. Some of that is how good Ohio State is. Some of it is that they have, I don't know, any good quarterbacks, maybe. Uh, They're still trying to figure out their quarterback thing. I think they started the the two uh, of the two. The one that started Sorsby is not the better of the two, I don't think. And I think you're going to see Taven Jackson eventually probably take this job. But uh, starting next week, he's already the one that's going to start next week in their game against Indiana State. By the way, they have to turn around and play Indiana State on a Friday night, which sounds like a real fun time for our our compatriots on the Indiana beat. But uh, you you got the weekend to look forward to. Um, Anyway, I thought it was a good defensive performance. I thought that you saw a lot of things that you wanted to see. You saw the the three cornerback rotation, and you saw I thought especially Denzel Burke playing some really good football out there. I thought what they you found out that Josh Proctor 
is the starting adjuster, at least right now, at least for this first game. I thought he played really well. It was kind of a tone setter early on. I thought Sonny Styles looked very comfortable out there and, and was doing some legit things. Uh, you did not get some kind of big, crazy game up front, but they threw the ball like five times in the first half. They, they attempted you know, 21 passes for the game, but uh, this was not a game that was affording you a lot of opportunities to go back there and get sacks, cause turnovers, that sort of thing. So you stifled the team. You allowed hardly any yards all day. I think you call that a, a, a very strong start. And it, it should be more optimism that the defense – the defense will give this offense some more room for error this year. And really today was an example of that. This offense needed some room for error and the defense consistently gave it to it. Just, just kind of relentlessly kept bailing the offense out. Denzel Burke even said that after the game that they might have to rely on the defense a little bit more than they have in the past. And that's something that they're maybe stepping up to the plate and ready to accept that level of a challenge, which is true. When you've got a brand new starting quarterback, you might have to rely on your defense a little bit more. It doesn't mean the offense is going to be bad. It's just he's got to figure some things out there. I loved what I saw from Denzel Burke. I love the play two, sit one, three-man rotation at cornerback where the first two series, it was Denzel Burke and Davis and Igbenosin. And then Jordan Hancock came in for Davis and Igbenosin. And then D Davis and Igbenosin, the next series, came in for uh, Denzel Burke. And on and on. So basically, you're all, so you play two and, you're sit, and you sit one. And I think that's going to keep the all three of them fresh and maybe allow them to be a little bit healthier down the stretch. I liked the Rushman package. I was really intrigued by the Caden Curry on the interior because we had had this conversation before, Nathan, about how Sometimes they like to put the older guy on the interior, maybe because he's a little bit more, you know, advanced and he knows a little bit more. But Caden Curry's got a background in defensive tackle. They all actually recruited him as such before he got here. They saw him he could play on the edge. So that Rushman package of Mike Hall and Caden Curry on the interior with Jack Sawyer and JT Tui Maloa on the edge, that intrigues me as the season progresses because that's three that's four guys really who can get after the passer. Andrew, what did you like about the defense? And even if you have to hold on until you give it that official stamp, what did you like? I like how disruptive they were. Uh, you know, and I, and I – so this is what Steven and I were kind of debating in the press box. I, I, thought he was, I thought he was higher on the defense than he was. And I was kind of telling him that he was wrong. And we were actually arguing the same thing. Um, you know, because – I asked him, why are you so mad at me? I'm on your side. I, I thought I thought he was arguing because what he said was uh, it was something along the lines of if they do this against Notre Dame, then yes. we're going to have a whole nother conversation. And I took that as, oh, they were great today. Like, this is what they're going to do against Notre Dame. It's like, that's not the way that this works. Yeah. Um, I, so I liked how disruptive they were. I mean, you knew that they were going to run the ball because they had no other choice to run the ball. Uh, they only had 2.2 yards per carry. Um, you know, their leading rusher, seven carries, 29 yards, and he had a long of 11. Uh, so, you know, do the math there. Six and 18, that's three yards a carry. That's pretty good. Uh, you have to like that if you're an Ohio State fan. You have to like that if you are a coach. You have to like that if you're on the defense. You have to feel really proud about it. Uh, it moves the needle zero for me. I don't care what they did against Indiana. That does not matter to me. Um, perhaps that's too harsh because, hey, look, they did play. You know what? They played well. But this is what you ex this is I said this in our stand up video. This is what should happen, right? And Nathan just kind of echoed that too. Like this is what should happen when you play a team who throws the ball five times by halftime. This is what happens when you throw when you play a team 
who is afraid to let their quarterback plug in a toaster. They are mortified to let that guy do anything other than turn to his right or turn to his left and give the ball to someone else. So I look at this as a, okay, this is, this is, this is good because this is what should, this is what it should look like. Like to me, this is one of those situations where, and this is unfair. I'm fully ready to admit that this is unfair. The only thing that I could have thought differently about the defense today would have been worse than I came coming in because I came coming in with a pretty high expectation for this defense. I thought pretty highly of what this defense could accomplish this year. But I nothing today, unless Indiana, I guess theoretically, unless Indiana had like negative four yards and they didn't get a first down all day, Unless that happened, then I then I would probably feel a little bit better about Ohio State's defense. But in a realistic world, there was nothing that could happen, especially once you saw how you know how bad Indiana's quarterback play was. I, I think there was really nothing that was going to change my mind. So, you know, you got you got this one out of the way. Indiana, if you look at the schedule, they might end up being like the tenth, eleventh best offense on this schedule I guess maybe second or third worst if you want to look at it that way um it's going to get a lot harder uh Western Kentucky is going to pose a different challenge and I know that sounds kind of funny because it's Western Kentucky but Western Kentucky does throw the ball really well you're going to play that and then the next week you're going to play Notre Dame and Notre Dame has a first round pick at left tackle and a really highly rated right tackle and they have a really good running back and they can actually throw it and that's going to be a challenge and Penn State's got those great running backs up in Happy Valley. They might have a quarterback, and you know they've got they've always got these like receivers that just kind of pop out of nowhere that are really good. Like you're you're going to have these challenges moving forward, and you're going to face teams that are going to be able to do things, frankly, that Indiana is incapable of doing. And this sounds really harsh against Indiana, but if you watch the game, you know Indiana was putrid offensively. They were not very good, and Ohio State's defense is really good. So this is what's supposed to happen. We'll talk in a couple of weeks. We'll talk in South Bend, Indiana, like like Stephen was saying. If this happens in South Bend, Indiana, where Notre Dame can't really run the ball and Sam Hartman's bottled up, then we are having a very different conversation about what this defense can do going into the bye week. But right now, we're at a holding pattern. We're at a holding stage. I think the the best comment I, I, I said, the best compliment I could give this defense today is they make me want to see them against a quality opponent. And I, I said it coming into this game, I wanted to see if they could make Indiana earn it, not give up explosive plays. They gave up six big plays, according to the statute. They gave up two 11-yard rushes. They gave up a 24-yard passing play, which was Taven Jackson's only completion of the game. And they gave up a 16-yarder, a 16-yarder, a 19-yarder. So nothing crazy, nothing over 30 yards. They made Indiana literally earn everything down to hitting the field goal post and still getting the field goal to drop for them. That's what I would they, they accomplished that for me. But like you it's it's Indiana, so you take it in stride. But I thought it was a good first step. Unlike we just saw with the offensive line. First impressions aren't everything, but they do mean a little bit of something. The offense didn't give the greatest first impression because of the offensive line. I thought the defense gave a decent per, first impression, but they still need to be, build on it. Anybody Either one of you can maybe answer this for now. Anybody stand out? Anything intriguing? Off first watch, not getting a chance to rewatch anything. That's just someone who caught your eye in this game. Well, like I said before, it, we sort of snickered on the podcast about Josh Proctor last week, we did. and his his name just kept hanging around in this competition at free safety at adjuster, and 
today he makes his third consecutive opening day start, which I, I think mm-hmm. people forget that in 2021 he was supposed to be the dude back there and was when he broke his leg, it threw everything off. And then last year, we didn't really think that sideways about it when he was the opening day starter. And he makes one missed tackle. They put in Lath Ransom and, and you know, everything was history from there. So I thought he played really well today. Like I said, I thought he was kind of a tone setter early on. I thought you saw some of the physical way that he can play back there. He broke up a pass. He had a tackle for loss in this game. Was was just active. He was just around the ball a lot early in this game. And maybe some of that was just a guy playing with the energy of uh, kind of being resurrected a little bit, the resurrection of a career. But I thought that was good. I also thought, you know, Malik Harford getting into this game later and making a couple plays was also a legitimately good sign. He had a pass breakup in this game. Like safety, I think, is going to be all right. Um, we, we know what they're getting from Lathan Ransom. You know what they're going to get now, I think, from Sonny Styles because he obviously played well today, uh, too. Yeah. Um, but but that adjuster spot was the one that was still up in the air at this late of a date. And I thought it was handled pretty capably today. Now, that's also with a little bit of a grain of salt because, again, Indiana is not challenging you deep downfield. So Josh Proctor did, though, other things against what Indiana was doing def- offensively to thwart that offense. And I thought that was a really positive sign, that it wasn't just that he's you know trying to make plays on the back end against because that wasn't going to be an opportunity. He saw where the opportunity was. He went to the ball and he made plays. I thought that was a positive thing. Yeah, I thought he was in the backfield a lot. Sonny Styles is really, really good today. Really, really good. In a way that was – it wasn't boring good, but it just kind of, you know – he didn't do anything crazy. He just did his job really, really well. And he had a, he had one and a half tackles were lost because of that. I mentioned Caden Curry already. Andrew, anybody for you off just first watch? Sonny was going to be the guy that I mentioned. You know, I meant, you know, he had a couple of plays in the backfield. He just – this sounds dumb, but he looks the part. You know, he didn't um, – you know, he didn't have any glaring errors. I know Indiana threw the ball approximately three times all afternoon. Um, you know, but Sonny's still like, you know, when you, what you saw in the run game, I, he looked confident, he looked fast. Um, and when you got a big guy moving that fast, I think that that really kind of shined, shined and, and stuck out to me. So yeah, Sonny, Sonny was going to be my answer just cause I thought, you know, disruption was, I think probably the word of the day for Ohio state's defense. Um, you know, whether you want to talk about the defensive line or the secondary, I think disruption was probably the word. And I think he played a really good part of that. So so yeah, Sonny, Sonny was going to be my answer. You know, it, it's hard to say with with the defensive line. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Indiana was running the triple option, and it's hard to get a uh, a defensive line stack. You know, where uh, this guy had two sacks today. You know, look, you know, made some nice plays when it counted. You just didn't really get a lot of that. So, um, you know, the defensive line, you, you kind of just want to lump them together uh, and just say that you know they defended the run pretty well. But I think Sonny would probably be the guy that. You know, if you had to single somebody out and be like, all right, who played well? Sonny would be at my number one. So moral of the story, Ohio State wins 23-3. to The defense was pretty decent, but we want to see it against a good football team. The offense, work in progress, especially on the offensive line where it looks like they're still trying to figure some things out. Whether it's maybe you shift some, th- you shift some things or maybe guys just need to start get a little bit more comfortable. We'll be back. On Monday, this is your post-game pod. Nathan and I will be back after having rewatched the game. Nathan and I will be back for Monday Madness Pod on Monday. Andrew and I will return for Recruiting Pod on Tuesday, and then we're in it. 
and Ohio State starts preparing for Youngstown State. So for Nathan Baird and for Andrew Gillis, I'm Stephen Means, and that was your post-game Buckeye Talk.